Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, there's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. July 18, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning. Hope everybody's doing all right. Hope no major storm damage for those living in the Louisville area. It kept me up last night. I don't know, Roush, I know you're in Nashville. You probably didn't have to deal with it. Scoots, I don't know about you, uh, Justin Kalen, our world-class producer, but they it woke me up several times last night. Thank you for confirming that it stormed last night because I was it was one of those things that was a little bit hazy. I didn't know if maybe it was something that was in my dream, but I thought I woke up at one point last night and I heard a couple rumbles of thunder. But that's one of those things, TJ. If I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear a storm, I'm falling back asleep in less than three seconds. Like it, it is, it's over if I hear thunder and rain hitting my window. So I'm glad you confirmed that. I, I had my suspicions that it had stormed last night, but I wasn't for sure. Like I said, I thought it may have been in my dream so thank you thank you for not making me feel crazy this morning well don't feel crazy buddy feel crazy for all the other reasons you should feel crazy <laughs> not 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 for the storms last night that was a reality uh, linden got absolutely blasted by storms last night i also was like half asleep but i eventually woke up too because the the wife went to the beyonce concert last night so she didn't get home till late as is but uh, there was like a point, several different points, where it just felt like there was like paparazzi outside our bedroom window flashing their cameras nonstop with how much lightning there was. Per in a 15 or 30 second or a minute time frame, I don't think I've ever seen more lightning in my life just go off. It was like not our room was more lit than non-lit based on how much lightning there was going on outside. That doesn't um, happen to you all the time, TJ? Not all the time. Well, the paparazzi thing, yes, but in terms right. of the, the the lightning per minute, no, not as much. But uh, did have some stuff blow off the deck. That was the extent, at, at least as I could tell, regarding property damage. I think there's some hail in the area too, but I'm not so sure I got hit by that or not. Couldn't tell if I did. Roush, I think things were a little calmer down there in Nashville for you last night, or maybe they weren't. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, no storms in Nashville. Um... But as you can tell, I'm already off to 
just abusing the hell out of my voice this week at SEC Media Days. But uh, yeah, we had a, a decent start. It was a weird start. I don't, I don't really know how to put it, but it just it, it was a weird. There was a weird energy yesterday, but uh, today first full day where folks are talking starting as soon as the show wraps up. I think at 10 a.m. Eastern time is Clark Lee, our first coach of the day. But full day video shows, interview podcasts, and uh, yeah, my uh, voice is going away just in time for it all. Uh, it turns out when you try having conversations in uh, loud and Nashville establishments, your voice eventually kind of, it, it loses itself a little bit. It happens. I understand. I do wonder, can you just kind of like go out and drink and be social without yelling at people? <laughs> I mean, but like most of it is, we they had a uh, reception sort of deal at Bridgestone Arena. We're like, well, we're down here on Broadway. It's Monday. This will be the least crowded. So like, let's just bounce around here and maybe maybe go into a place or two we haven't been to. Um, you know, we, we checked out the Barstool place, that sort of deal. But all these places have live music. And in order to, I mean, I felt like I would be like talking into somebody's ear and I was still having to scream just for them to be able to hear me. So I, I don't know. That's something I got to figure out because I, in the words of uh, Danny Glover, I'm getting too old for this stuff. I'd say, yeah, got a personal text saying, what's wrong with Roush? Is he sick? No, not sick. He's just been out of Nashville, ladies just and gentlemen. Screaming at bars till we, – we did turn in relatively early. I mean, it was before midnight local time. So that's very early, if you ask me. Yeah, but that still means like you were out still almost till 1 o'clock Eastern time. True, true. But, you know, uh, th this is – last night was the – okay, all right. We made it. We're here. We did it. Um, today – Big work day. Tomorrow's a big work day. I, we have, we have a uh, on three happy hour tonight. So I think that'll be like the, okay, you do the cocktails with the people you don't really know that you work with and then, and then turn in early sort of night. So oh, we, know how, we, we know how those nights go. You get you and Luckett, a couple Bud Lights and oh boy, the on three folks aren't going to know what hit them coming from the Kentucky contingent. We did. I did meet uh, Rusty. He's a, he's an on three year. Um, was hanging. There was a lot of on three years there. We're we're rolling deep. It's not as deep as when SEC Country brought um, sixty people to one of the SEC media days, and they were all wearing matching polos. But we're we're rolling deep in Nashville. R.I.P. SEC Country. Uh, we hardly knew ye. 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 How was the Barstool Bar? It was. Big, large. Uh, I mean, wow! Shots fired directly at Bobby well, Regan. Well, um, Drew Franklin is is prepared to um, he's prepared to have some fisticuffs because uh -oh. you know, it was it was between uh, you know me, Luck, and Drew. We we were all sharing. We were all drinking Bud Lights. Peak is more of a uh, a well drink sort of guy. He'd sip on one. So we were just taking turns getting buckets. And it was Drew's turn at the Barstow Bar, and he asked for a bucket of beer. Which, how many beer? How many beers is normally in a bucket of beer, TJ? Five. Five at minimum. You know, you get six a lot. Sometimes I've seen four as well. Uh, four, get the hell out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
get out of here with that nonsense. Well, they got out a bucket and it was basically an aquarium that they just filled with 10 beers. <laughs> Drew looked around like, whoa, 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 whoa. Bucket, like, uh, I, uh, this is not what I signed up for. I did not sign up for two buckets. Now, did we have trouble uh, drinking them? No. But uh, $10 beers off Broadway in Nashville is, um, or, you know, it, just a lot more than expected. That, that, was, that was quite the surprise. Um, so at, what you're saying is Drew, Drew Franklin's hurting for cash. He, he had to actually go out to the side of the street and start asking. <laughs> he made a sign and everything. Yes, like I, I, I do get that. And when you, especially when you bring in the money aspect of it. But it, it, like if you're out drinking, and it was a Monday night too, so that's probably a different aspect to it all. But like more beers, so what? You know, if it saves you a trip. But then again, also getting rung up for a hundred dollar bucket wouldn't be the coolest thing in the world either. Right, right. So it was, it was fine, and th- we did realize quickly too because I mean, you know, it, it's Monday night. Um, I saw a dozen bachelorette parties still for a Monday in Nashville, and it was very oh, much Monday? buzzing. Oh, it, I was shocked by how many bachelorette parties were still out and about on a Monday night. But uh, the the Barstool place is like a block off of Broadway, and so it was a much lighter crowd at, at some of those. Like we we went to a couple spots off Broadway that were much much lighter than you know honky tonk or whatever. Did uh, I, I wasn't the when they did the intro for the Barstool place? I really wasn't blown away with the TV setup, but they didn't really take you back to all the nooks and crannies back there. Uh, but just in the main entrance, I wasn't really blown away with it, but. It did look like a huge space. I bet it can get pretty rowdy from time to time. But all in all, you had a good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, it was, um, I saw the woman with the longest hair I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I wanted to borrow it because it was, uh, I mean, almost to her knees. It was so long. Um, and she said she was cutting it today. Donates like 14 inches of it at a time and just does that on repeat. I've never, never seen anything like it in my life. And I, I just, I, so much I had to go up and ask her about it. I'm, I'm sure it's a point of conversation she gets quite often. Scoots, watch out for the on three guys. They may come up to your girl and ask about their long hair. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here thinking how awkward that is. Like, how did, how did you start that interaction, Roush? So, tell That's me about so, your hair. You've got the longest <laughs> hair. It was actually, uh, so I got to ask. Is all that hair real? Is that? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you don't go up to women asking if it's real. It. I. I, I cannot. Uh, I'm gonna have to send you a picture. Um, you I took a picture of her? Oh no, no, not like incognito. Like it was our incognito. Oh, a stalker picture. picture. Oh my! T- this I, poor girl. I'm all for the crime you. of having long hair in Nashville. God forbid. It is the longest. Ha- I, I'm I'm just stunned by it. I'm still blown away by this hair. It's incredible. Never heard of the story Rapunzel. Pretty common. <laughs> People have got long hair nowadays. Oh, it was it was definitely some Rapunzel. Rapunzel. We also ran into uh, uh, the first place we were at. A couple from Nebraska that was in their fifties. Still not happy that Wandell Robinson left. So that was fun. They were a good time. Good hang. Well, well good. They, they, it sounds like you all really did get after it. 
between the parading mm, Nebraska couples and people with long hair. Yep, that's that's, that's it, what you can it, expect from uh, KSR. I can only hope that, that Stephen Pete got all this on camera. Uh, no, no, we we did keep the camera at home. Oh, okay. Um, the SEC though, I, this is I I feel like I've seen it one other time before, but at their reception, they actually had an ice sculpture. I don't, and it I mean it was an ice sculpture of the SEC Media Days logo too. So it wasn't the most remarkable ice sculpture. I guess they kind of uh, lasered in the logo in just a big square. But you know you're at a classy joint when they've got an ice sculpture. Always always know that you're going to be somewhere cool or something cool is going to happen when there's an ice sculpture present. Only, that, goes, that goes with pretty much anything in life. Only downside to the Lexus Lounge at Bridgestone Arena. They didn't announce last call. We just walked up and they are like, yeah, no more booze. Right. Wait, what do you mean? It's 8.30, and I looked at it, and it's like, oh, 8.35. You didn't tell us that you were cutting us off five minutes ago. That was... Well, they probably were like, these Kentucky kids are hammered drunk. We better just tell them, eh, just when they come up again, just say we're done. Yeah, it was last call. That's why we're not giving you any booze. I- I'm sure they did announce last call, Roush. You all were just probably talking. No. They, they... Screaming at somebody. <laughs> you will not believe... <laughs> I've never seen knees like that before. Let me see. Pull up, pull up your pull up your dress. Let me see those knees. Wait, you have ears? <laughs> well, we are going to talk about SEC Media Day, some of the stuff that Greg Sankey said, plenty of other comments from coaches, good stuff. Roush said it was kind of weird. I don't even know if we've gotten into the weird aspect of it all, although everything he said was pretty weird, I guess, when we come to think of it. I mean, so we'll, 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 get, we'll get to SEC conversations, and as Roush said, today is going to be a big day as well. Scooch, did you go to the Beyonce concert last night? Uh, no, I did not. But uh, we had everybody in our hotel pretty much was. So that was fun, seeing all their Are outfits. You, uh, oh, yeah, you were checking out the outfits. Oh, there were – yeah, there were a couple – Couple outfits worth checking out for sure, but no, I didn't go. I wouldn't actually. I would have probably let those storms scare me if I did have tickets. So shout out to all the people that showed up. Yeah, they had a bay delay. They delayed it uh, about I think an hour, which I don't. I think that that would be even when I was looking at the radar, I was like, this seems counterproductive. Seems like there's going to be maybe a storm around eight-ish, but then the, the, the real nasty stuff isn't coming until later, later. You'd think you'd want more people out of there. If anything, you'd think you'd start the concert early instead of later. But no, they didn't. Um, I haven't gotten even a report from it because wife didn't get home till so late. I haven't really even chatted with her to see how it went. But I think they're having fun. Pretty much every social media post, it seems like, was from a Louisville woman at the Beyonce concert. Um, so hope hope it went well. When I get a report, I'll be sure to report back, though, because I'm I, sure everybody's dying to know. I do feel bad, though, because there was this uh, young these two younger girls, they were going up to the concert, and they were like, oh, well, where should we eat? Where's good to eat down there? I was under the assumption it was at the Yum Center. So I was giving them suggestions all around the Yum Center, and then I'm driving home from work and listening to Rutherford, and sure enough, he announces that it's delayed and that it's going to be taking place at L&N, and I'm like, oh my gosh, those poor girls. I just told, I just sent to downtown when they could have just went to the south side. <laughs> well, not, not, not the south end. Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about, the south side. Yeah, uh, south end, yeah. Yep. Yeah, these poor girls, they get down to like, 
Doc Crows. Scoot sends them, sends them to Riverhouse. We got a 25-minute <laughs> drive to the concert. I thought that guy at the hotel said this was right by it. What the heck? I what gives? I sent them to the troll. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's not ideal. Uh, Did, that's um, so. uh, how come uh, TJ didn't go with his wife to the Beyonce concert? I wonder how many how, – how, I can't imagine there was a ton of men there. Yeah, your uncle Jeff Brom, he went. No surprise there. Uh, Jack Harlow's there as well. I I, I was um, if SEC Media Days wasn't happening, I would have. I was going to get tickets. I don't really know any of Beyonce's new music, but I mean, it was only fifty bucks uh, to get in the to get in, and uh, you know how many how many big stadium concerts can you get into for fifty bucks? I think it would have been a good time. Yeah, I had no, I had no interest, um, especially Monday night. On top of that, man, you sound old. Yeah, just don't really have an interest in going to see somebody I don't really care to see live and getting spending a bunch of money on beers and tickets and to get home at after midnight. That sounds horrible. You see, my my big thing is um, for a a big pop star like a Beyonce or Taylor Swift. Like, I, I think I would even prefer Lady Gaga above the others. But, like, going to a show like that, you know, you don't – there aren't too many like that where you just get the big theatrics and the dancing and all the lights and everything. I think it would be fun, even if I didn't really know the music. But that's just you – know. What's everybody's favorite Beyonce song? Oh, Crazy in Love, of course. Just banger. On Absolute a, banger. On account of that's the only one I can think of, I'm gonna have to say that one as well. You, Scoots, you can't say the same song. I can't think yeah, of another one. one. What about like "Who Runs the World"? Girls, squirrels. that's not a Beyonce song. Yeah, it is. To who the left, to the, the left. World? Squirrels, squirrels. Who runs the world? Squirrels. squirrels. Uh, I'm gonna go with single ladies. Well, that's oh, a good great one. one. Great yeah, one. yeah. Uh, I'll I'll go with formation. I see, and that, that's one of those that I'd like. That's right when I started just missing new Beyonce music because she would do the thing where it's like, I'm going to release a full album at midnight on Apple Music Plus, and you got to watch the music videos there. And it's a full functional length film. And I'm just play it on the radio and I'll hear it and listen to it and like it. I don't need, I don't need all that. Don't need all that. Rush is Blink 182 in Nashville at the moment. No, we missed them by day. They were Sunday night. So there was, there was a few folks uh, at Media Days who arrived early so they could go to Blink-182 on Sunday night. I'd much rather go to a Blink-182 concert than a Beyonce concert. Heard that. Blink-182 would be great. It would be a little... Um, like, that. That that's not... Uh, like it's kind of almost like mosh and rock. Like, I, I went to Bourbon and Beyond a few years ago and they had the Foo Fighters and, like... It's like, oh, I like this music. I don't really know how to dance to it at a concert, but like, yeah, let's rock. Like that—that that would be great. I, I would enjoy Blink One Eighty Two. And then I, I think I'm going to the Iroquois Amphitheater for the first time this week. Oh yeah, that's uh, tomorrow night, correct? I think Thursday. Yeah, um, and say the band again for me. Something Fits in the, the tantrums. I believe. Fits of the tantrum. Yeah, the Iroquois Amphitheater lineup sucks this summer, and that's like the only. They've got like five shows. Like, what are you doing, Airquay Amphitheater? You're yeah. you're a world class amphitheater. Get some freaking people. 
I've only walked through stuff. the am- I've only walked through the amphitheater for the pumpkin thing. Never been to a show there. So oh maybe man, I'm, it's on great. Thursday, I'm going to need your your tips and your secrets. Um, it's all general admission, so you know. I, I think there's a few reserved up front, but yeah, just make sure you're under. I mean, you can fight your way out undercover. I also enjoy just being in the back and having like uh, a road to ourselves to dance and gallivant and carry on. Oh, okay, something to. Something to remember when I go That's there. That's a so, great venue. Great venue. Yeah, we've like play. I mean, I think like tonight is maybe the only night we, between the two of us we don't have something going on, which is incredibly rare for us because we don't really ever do much of anything. So, uh, bu- busy week. Man, Ralston on Broadway, Walkers going out on weeknights. It's a, 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 a is Scoots going to have to ride, a ride solo one morning? Yeah, Scoots. You may just be the Scoots show. That would be rough. Scoot's deepest and darkest thoughts shared on the radio. That would be rough. I had to do that with Coil back in the day a few times. He would he would show up late, and I'd, I'd have to carry the first 10, 15 minutes of the show. Or he'd fall asleep or, or get arrested or, on there. Exactly, yeah. We, we <laughs> might have some uh, special guest appearances later on this week because um, some of our uh, my roommates this week have questions for Scoot's. Um, like, Metabolism. Please explain more on your thoughts about metabolism. <laughs> Bad look for me. Bad look. Bro, great look. So you all have got a you all have got a house in Nashville, right? Yeah, it's a Airbnb unit with four or five rooms or whatever. Um, See, I saw that Tyler Thompson was in Chicago. She went to a Cubs game, which is very exciting. I figured maybe she just gave the keys to to the on three boys, but you all aren't that close. No, no, uh, <laughs> that would be. Watch the uh, dog, get my mail, you all can stay. <laughs> Here's how the coffee pot works. <laughs> I do feel like a good roommate, because even though I am yelling roll call at 6 a.m. local time, I did make coffee for everyone to start the day. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, how generous of me. Stand-up guy, yeah, exactly. Uh, good, well, who's, who's the messiest in the house? Oh, we'll see. Um, I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Who's the early Locking leader? A good roommate. S- say that again, Scoots. I said, who's the early leader? Um, well, Stephen Peak is, uh, he, he's, he kind of, he came from Canada. So he's, he's a little bit um, running on empty. And we're just, we're going to help him push through. Because when he did his show, he did a show with Jack and Big Blue Drew at Niagara Falls. And it's very, as he said, one of the visually best-looking shows they've ever done. But it took them four and a half hours, five hours, to drive back on what should have been an hour drive. So he's a little bit, um, uh, he was white-knuckling it getting down here to Nashville. Yeah, uh, that's tough. Well, like it's a, a good roommate, but... Uh, you know, I got I I crashed and burned early and was here overhearing some stories in the other room as I was passing out. That's just that. that hey, that ain't nothing compared to the Airbnb I was dealing in two weeks ago. Damn rat showed up. So we're we're uh, we're, we're we're living lux uh, this week at uh, and I, I I don't know what that word I just used was. That was that was not a real word. Uh, That's fine. We'll roll with it. I yeah. like it. I like where you're going. We're going to talk more about actual sports stuff that happened at SEC Media Day yesterday. The commissioner spoke, said some interesting things about maybe the future of the league and and nil and all that good stuff. 
Uh, we didn't even well, – there's a ton of texts that we did not get to yesterday, so we need to head on over to the Thornton's text line probably sooner rather than later. Maybe a few more thoughts from the from the Canada trip as well. It's going to be a fun Kentucky roll call for you today. Do not go anywhere. We'll be back after this. Do you believe in life Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.7 AM. Hope you're having a great start to your Tuesday. You can make it a little bit better if you stop out of Thornton's before Nick Roush and the On3 KSR group went down to Nashville. They hit up a Thornton's for all their road trip goodies, snacks, candy, fresh fruit, breakfast sandwiches. They have everything to get you started, to get your day going the way you need it. And plus, it's going to make you, they're going to let you give you the opportunity to save money at the pump, Roush. Yeah. And um, today, I checked my refreshing rewards app and scoots. You can have a bunderful day and check out the free hot dog coupon on the Refreshing Rewards app. Oh, man. Thanks for bringing that up. I had forgotten all about that. Sweet. Sounds like I've got lunch today. Scoots, what do you put on your Thornton's hot dog? Do you uh, chili and cheese. It better just be ketchup. No, nah, chi- chili and cheese, baby. Oh, I like that move. Yeah. That's a good move. Yeah. I'll, I, my old man and me will do – I used to do if – I, if I was going to do a chili dog – it was just chili and cheese plain, right? Now I'll still sneak the mustard and relish in underneath it. Ooh. No, no thanks. B- big on the the stinky taste. I'll, I'll, I'm all about it. Rosh is right to bring up the Thornton's app. It's a fun app for a gas station app. It tells you the gas in your area. tells you what you're saving. I get five cents off a gallon, and Rosh is right. Right there, smack dab in the middle. Free hot dog expiring today. I've also got to buy one, get one free Fiji water. No big deal. Uh, and, whoa, 15 cents off a gallon hidden in there. I'll take advantage of that. Okay. It, it expires in about a week. So, cool stuff always, as always, from Thornton's. And as always on the Thornton's text line. Always great text there. So, keep them coming in. We can go to that anytime you need. Roush, I do want to throw it over to you, though, with SEC Media Day. Just some of the, the stuff that, that – Sankey had to say, he talked about nil, he talked about Congress, he talked about a lot of stuff with SEC, and he paid a former coach a tribute right off the get-go. Yeah, yeah, and that was the part that I appreciated the most, uh, because Sankey, essentially how it works is he introduces every coach, and before the formal introduction happens, there's, you know, five minutes of chit-chat in the behind the stage, right? And I think he might have even brought it up last year. Um, but he called back to his last conversation with Mike Leach where he just said, "What? what's the point of neckties? Like, we got rid of powdered wigs. Why are we still wearing neckties? It makes no sense. 
So Sankey, that was his little way of uh, saluting Mike Leach was by not wearing a necktie. I'm sure he will uh, today, but that was a, a nice tribute to him. I enjoyed that. I did not enjoy his nil remarks because, like, we get it, Greg. Like, if if you think, like, ide- ideologically, yes, it makes the most sense to fix nil by asking for one universal law from Congress. Right now, it's a bunch of vague, open-ended laws that vary from state to state, so it provides an uneven playing field. I get that, that it, we're, we're, we're not in the perfect system because the NCAA, even though they saw this coming, they didn't prepare for it. So states took matters into their own hands. And if you recall, the NCAA had to act because states just unilaterally made those moves, right? It was like Florida um, and a few others that actually forced their hands. Um, but, Greg, you, you really, have you seen Congress? Have you, have you seen how they work? Do you, do you really think that they're going to be the ones who save the day that make this happen? It just it just it's not very practical. So whenever he spent all that time just Congress, federal law, law, like I, I, come on, I I don't trust our government, TJ, to take swift action to put legislation in place that um, is universally accepted. Yeah, and it. it- Goes back with a lot of things when it comes to federal versus state, and nil really not a major exception. But what may work in one state may not be the best thing for another state. And I, I do, I do wonder when you have people like Sankey and some of the biggest movers and shakers in college athletics, are they using Congress as a clu- as a crutch just to say to kick the the can down the road a little bit further, knowing that like they're really probably not going to figure out any solutions that allows them to be like, we just need our government to figure it out. And until then we just need to keep, we'll just follow state laws respectively, knowing that Southern states in large part are doing a little bit more to give their teams a competitive advantage, which is where we stand right now. But I just wonder what their end solution is. Like, what it, what would it would even look like in their wildest dreams? I don't even know if they would tell you because they maybe know that the federal government's not going to come up with any real solutions. I, I just, I, I, I don't get how it's going to look. Are you going to have uh, senators vote on, uh, and then your your boosters must not be associated with your nil programs, and that's where we're going to draw the line right here. Like yeah. they're not going to do that, and especially when the boosters are the ones that bankroll their political funds. Like it's the, the it's the same people, right? So uh, ultimately, TJ, this is me being uh, SEC conspiracy theory. Greg Sankey loves kind of unilaterally taking the reins and just doing it himself. I feel like he's making these uh, public pleas for Congress to take action just so he can end up doing it all by himself in a little bit along with the Big Ten commissioner or whoever. Because ultimately, I think it's going to be end up being enforced by the individual leagues, even though getting the leagues to buy in when they can just be like, well, state law is different. That That's the part where I think he's he's struggling with is like typically he can just do it himself and it, when he takes charge, it's been pretty successful so far um, when it comes to making big decisions. But the state laws, uh, I, it's a little tricky right now. So he's just like, let me make this last plea before I try to, you know, 
backdoor deal it with, you know, other power five commissioners so we can kind of do this on our own sort of deal. Do you think that's an option? Because that sounds much better. I'd much rather have the power five commissioner say like, hey, let's come together. Let's come up with our guidelines and the NCAA can follow this because we are college athletics in large part, especially when it comes to football. And this is this is what we feel comfortable with. I'd much rather the, the not the federal freaking government do that stuff. That sounds great. Why don't they go ahead and just do that as is? The only thing I think that's holding them back is because um, I ultimately think that's what's going to happen. It'll just be four years down the road once realignment kind of stalls. And I say that, like, it's stalled in the SEC and Big Ten. He's made it abundantly clear that they're not going to do any sort of expansion in the SEC anytime soon, even though we do like to think about 20-team super conferences and breaking up the ACC. Um, really, where realignment's, the shoes going to drop next is, like, is the Pac-12 staying together or is it going to break off and teams are going to just join the Big 12 and whatever else? Because I think they might have been quicker to do a Power 5 sort of coalition that replaces the NCAA if Kevin Warren didn't suck so much at his job. Um, That's why he left to go to the Chicago Bears, um, because basically he's like, man, I don't think people like me very much. I got a three-year run in here, probably not going to get my contract extended, so let me go out. Say he hated Warren. He couldn't trust him. I think he's still feeling out the new guys, and he's trying to see how much uh, power they still have. I, I couldn't even tell you the new Big Ten guy's name, but I, I think that's the eventual road that's going to be taken. He just got to feel these guys out, see where the dust settles on realignment. They all kind of hate him because he is the head honcho right now. Um, but once the dust settles, I think ultimately that's the most logical destination. Because even though, TJ, I forgot what announcement it was where you made the point like, okay, these are member institutions in the NCAA. If you don't like them, you can change your rules. Well, that's true in theory. There's so many. It's harder. I feel like it's more difficult for the the NCAA to actually reflect what a good chunk of the members want. Whereas like a conference level, if it's – just the power five, that's what, 65, 70 programs, give or take. Like you can be much more, um, you can represent their goals much better. And if they all agree to a set standard of nil rules that they can come to an agreement, then I think it can eventually supersede the the nil state laws or whatever um, from state to state. Yeah, and I, I I do. I think if you got the Power Five conferences on board with something, then you need to have those power conferences go to their states and say, "Hey, this is what we're this is this these are the guidelines." The NCAA wasn't going to help us out. We're dream weaving. If we really think the federal government's going to do anything with this, this we feel like is a good structure. These are the rules we want these teams to follow, and we'll go from here. What that would look like, I don't know. I would imagine it'd be very friendly to student athletes and to universities and to allow more money to funnel into them because that's you you may find the path of least resistance the one that they agree to the quickest and the most Um, and if you can get power five conferences to get on board with that stuff you you could see them go that path but 
I think what you're going to default back to on all this stuff is nobody knows. I don't even think Sankey knows. Yeah, and yeah. I think you can just kind of throw it at the federal government and say, well, states are doing their own things. And unless the, the genie's out of the bottle is the phrase you hear just far too often. But if you want, if you want any structure, if you want any stability, I guess you just need to take it up to the top. And that's going to be with some legislation uh, coming from, from the folks in D.C., which is just ludicrous to like think that that's where we're at. But when the NCAA couldn't really get a full grip on this and, and you had the starting gate open up at different times for different teams, this was going to be the only, the only result, realistically, is it was going to be the Wild West. States were going to do things differently. And the NCAA needs to just have a backbone and say, it's still, we're still an institution. We still can make rules and we can still out, you know, we can still dish out punishments. Sue us all you want, but the issue is they're never going to say that. They're never going to say sue us all you want because that's expensive and that's money. And sometimes these universities may have better lawyers than the NCAA will have. A lot of times they will have better lawyers than the NCAA has. So the NCAA has to, they're in a difficult spot. Everybody's in a difficult spot with all this. And I, I would not be shocked in the absolute slightest if at this time next year, we're having this exact same conversation, which Roush, I was not necessarily shocked to see it, but I was a little disappointed. You're going to be heading to Dallas next year for the SEC media days. That's Dallas, baby. What the hell is that all about? Dallas? No. Well, no. The, I'm not too mad about it because I thought they would try to throw – them a bone by moving the SEC championship game to Jerry World. But it, even the people in Nashville, the locals, asked, like, there's going to be a dome here. You want to move move the SEC championship game here? And they basically just said, we ain't moving this, so we're going to move media days around. I just was relieved when he said it's going to be in downtown Dallas at the Omni and not at Jerry World in the middle of nowhere because that would have been the most inconvenient place to to hold that where i mean nothing's nearby that would have just been awful um the one wrinkle that's going to be fun is the mlb all-star game is in dallas right around the same time next year so that's just going to be a it's going to be something <laughs> wow maybe roush will get a, the a texas vacation Ooh, the we, all-star game and then and then swing it on into the work trip yeah we can catch uh some home run oh Put media members in the outfield of the home run derby. That's a good idea. There you go. Like, That's a good idea. Let's have Bob Holt with his mitt back there, just diving all over the field. Uh, see if Pat Forty still got it. Um, could be a great time. Pat Forty would try to lecture the baseballs for not coming in too hot at his glove. <laughs> You're not hitting it right. It's I need you all to there. slow down. I'm trying to catch these baseballs. You all need to listen to me. I'm Pat Forty. Did you see him down there? Yep, he was. Uh, uh, saw him down there. Saw it was it was a hooms hooms of of folks. Uh, the most random sighting, uh, random person I saw though was Hendon Hooker. He was there doing interviews and shilling Bush's baked beans. First time I can, I, I just think of Nil being for college kids. It's like, oh, I bet he signed a two year deal and is on the hook even as a pro. So yeah, he was he was down there doing interviews. Him and Derek Mason. Derek Mason, that was one where I was like. The former is... Vandy coach, Oklahoma State defensive coordinator? Yeah, and if you recall, he like just up and quit 
Oklahoma State at kind of an odd time last year. It wasn't in the peak of coaching carousel season when he decided to quit. He quit in like January or February. And so Gundy had to go get a new coach, D.C. at a weird time. But, yeah, I guess he he's taking a year off and still has his home in Nashville. So he's like, I'm going to go to SEC media days. And just like hang out? I guess, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe, and Jared Stillman, they, they used to be pals. They used to – J-Bone used to call him out all the time. Maybe he was there to hang out with his old buddy J-Bone. That's kind of weird. Yeah. But, hey, that's media day. You run into people. You see different folks. Yeah, yeah. It um, Which I that, – that's the part I kind of enjoy the most is um, – like yesterday was a big like, hey, how's it going? Kind of talking. Let me, let me grab you. You know, that that's usually the, the phrase they use on Radio Row. And I'll, yeah, I'll end up doing a, a bunch of those sort of things today and tomorrow as well. But that, that, well, it's fun. Just kind of catching up, um, talking, talking a little shop, talking a little bit of like what we would talk on air, right? Like I was having a conversation with somebody about Will Rogers just not being good. Um, that, that was fun. That seems um, like a hot take. Yeah, no, he's, he's going to, he's, he, he probably won't. I have this weird feeling too that he's going to not start by the halfway through the season. Because did you hear my, some inside info from a Mississippi State guy? It, I did not hear that, but uh, just Mike Wright kind of played out of his mind in those few games last year and <laughs> won Vandy some games. And the any sort of advanced numbers on Will Rogers are just bad, uh, very very bad. Because I mean he's air, he's a system quarterback in the air raid and they're, they're getting out of that system. So that's one of my takes. I'm down on Will Rogers. Um, wh- the one take that I did over here, TJ, that I just, Oh, drinking it up. And actually I need to go ahead and place that wager now because Tennessee is a legal betting state, hmm. South Carolina. Now they're going to stink folks. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm so oh. happy about it. And it's one of those things that I like, I might sound a little overzealous because I'm a Shane Beamer hater and, you know how our like Kentucky fans' relationships with South Carolina is, but overhearing the Spurs up guy, um, you've probably seen some of his videos. He does that podcast with uh, Garcia, Stephen Garcia, the former quarterback, and he, he can come across as a little obnoxious. Overhearing him in the shuttle to the hotel uh, talk about just how bad their offense and defensive line is, and when he said this out loud, I like I knew this was bad. Because they had a Kenneth Horsey situation where they moved their left guard to left tackle. He gets hurt in the spring game. And so their starters, they have one guy back, and it's a transfer from Mercer, Yale, Eastern Washington, and Alabama A&M or something like that. That's their offensive line this year to start the season. Like, uh, yeah, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> like, Seems a little, doesn't seem good. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was so funny because, like, we bitch and moan about not having the spring game, and we bitch and moan about not having neutral site games. Like, that's a very common talking point. And another South Carolina media members were like, gosh, I hate these neutral site games open the year. They're so stupid. Why do they even play the spring game? They're just going to get hurt. It's stupid. It was, it was just very funny hearing that conversation through just somebody else's lens in the SEC. Well, that doesn't make them right. <laughs> but but they they've they've lived it right. So they 
they experienced it and now they're they're zigging right i think i think a lot of those things are very much the like you know uh grass is greener sort of approach because even i admittedly while i i get why mark mark Stoops doesn't want his last tackle being out for the year but also we're fans we want to watch a spring game so like you know i i, I get it is what i'm saying it's, it's very, very very funny to hear it from the other side yeah and with anything in sports you like a little variety you like to mix it up a little bit but uh, you you know where I feel about a good old fashioned neutral site game to get the season started. I'd like it every once in a while. Even when yeah. Kentucky played Miami in Cincinnati uh, at the Bengals Stadium, that was a that was a fun trip. It wasn't the the prettiest football in the world. Kentucky played solid enough, and they got the win. It was a very hot day. I remember that. But like every so often, just doing that that's fine. But you don't want to do it too much where it becomes like a chore um, or the, the fans lose interest in it or don't want to show up and then you're kind of then you're missing the point then just keep it back on campus or do a home and home or don't, don't do a neutral site if it becomes to that point well, you can always mix it up and i think part of the complaint and the reason why i like me uh, like I, even if i wasn't a south carolina hater i'd probably make this bet um if you look at their schedule they open with drake may in north carolina they they, they gotta win that like Basically, you know if that bet's going to hit based on that first game. I mean, that's if they win that, they can they can hit their over. If they lose it, ain't no way they're hitting their over. So that's why I, I enjoy that one. Yeah, I I, I hear you. Uh, you you had mentioned it, but they they are planning on keeping the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Uh, are you all right with that? Yeah, yeah, um, especially. Just from a centrally located, I mean, I know Georgia can feel like a home game for them, and they're there every year. But in theory, that Atlanta is the easiest place for. I mean, it's the capital of the South. They have the freaking Olympics there. So, um, and that stadium is awesome. It's huge. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I I I don't know how I feel about it. On the one hand, I wouldn't mind them moving it around. They do it with the SEC basketball championship game, although they've they've really found a somewhat permanent home in Nashville. But still, they will move it around every so often. The only concern is if you move it around, then you probably will have to have it in Houston, and you will have to have it in Dallas. And I'm just not totally crazy about that. But if you had some sort of rotation between New Orleans, Atlanta, and Nashville, I'd love that. Yeah. I think that would be yeah. your your secret recipe there for the SEC championship. Just mix it between those three cities. None of them would be, none of them would really get stale because you'd be mixing them up every so often. Uh, Some teams could have geographic advantages. You know, if LSU made it to the SEC championship game the year that it was in, in New Orleans, well, that'd be a huge advantage for them. But all these years that Georgia's been in it when it's been in Atlanta, that's been a big advantage for them as well. But all three of those locations are good, Good location where I think really any fan base in the SEC could show up in pretty pretty major numbers. So uh, I wouldn't mind them moving it around a little bit. And I, I feel that way with the SEC tournament um, every so often. But they seem to have a good thing going in Atlanta. So better that than moving it to Dallas. Yeah, and that that's mainly my thought. Just don't yeah. make us go to don't make us go to Dallas. Um, but uh, I did forget about New Orleans too. They need to get. They need to get that back in the rotation for some of this SEC stuff. Agreed. It's a great host city. Um, 
But speaking of Dallas, I mean, next year, now I've got Dallas, Austin, and Oxford on the on the 2024. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's going to be a time. Going to be a time. And you know what? That's we're, we got to adapt, react, readapt, react, adapt. And then readapt. Right, right. Um, to and react. Being, uh, you know in the thirties and doing these trips instead of in my twenties. Mm-hmm. So we're adapting, reacting, and, uh, we're figuring it out. We're learning. Um, then readapting. I, yeah. The, the construction around here, it, what I did find it funny that Greg Sankey was like, even he was doing the relatable, man, this construction, right? I mean, huh. oh, that it's, a big part city. Was- <laughs> it's a big city in Nashville. Well, Roush is going to come back and detail his fight with Eli Drinkowitz live from SEC Media Day. We've got a jam-packed Thornton's text line to get to on hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Do not miss it. We'll be right back. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Got some good news. It's Taco Tuesday, everybody. You can hit up Salsaritas. Wow. Two locations. Middletown, it's got a drive-thru. I think there's maybe some storms coming a little after 1 o'clock today, so keep the drive-thru in Middletown option open. And then St. Matthew's has got a cover patio. So if you're out there and it even does start raining, you're going to be very dry. It's so good, you all. Nachos, quesadillas, very cheesy. Their queso's great. Wildly addictive chips, hot spicy salsa. They've got it all at Salsarita. It's going to be served up on a smile, hot, fresh, ready to order every single day. Well, they got fresh in their names at Salsarita's Fresh Cantina. Check them out today, one of their two locations. Download the app as well. Taco Tuesday, everybody. We probably need to at least bring up the fact that you're going to have another Calipari in the SEC. I think we did touch on this when it was reported or mentioned a couple weeks ago, but it's officially official. Brad Calipari is joining Jerry Stackhouse staff at Vanderbilt. He's going to be doing what, Roush? Player development, on-court development, player this, that, the other? Yeah, so not a real coach, but yeah, that's that's a good entry-level position. I mean, it's you know Courtney Love was in that for a while before he got into – more of the coaching side of things. And I, I feel like that's the the gateway drug, if you will, right? Like that that sort of position. It used to be director of ops was the sort of intro position. And now it's kind of changed to player development, uh, player personnel role, where um, you're around enough in practice, but you're not providing actual instruction. And then you do sort of the other stuff, right? From an organizational standpoint to make sure people are, are on top of their P's and Q's. So, uh, Shout out to Brad. Um, although I, 
I think we mentioned it right when the, the news, the report initially came out a couple weeks back. Stackhouse and Cal, are, they don't strike me as boys. So I got, swear, when Stackhouse won in Rupp Arena, I think like he just changed his mind. Like I think it was like, okay, boss defeated. Now I can be friendly. Because it seemed like everything changed then. He like really complimented UK, Calipari, when they won at Rupp Arena. Everything like totally seemed to kind of flip on its head between their relationship once Stackhouse actually beat Cal. Yeah, that that would make sense. But even then, it's like Cal doesn't strike me as the type two to so quickly just be like, oh, yeah, everything's great, pal. You know? Um, so, yeah, I, I it's a little I, bizarre, but shout out to Brad for making it happen. Yeah, and this is, you know, who 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 really cares, I guess, at the end of the day. But now you got two Calipari's on the Vanderbilt payroll. Yeah. One is like a doctor and supposedly just a, a huge big wig when it comes there. Now Brad a little bit lower on the on the pecking order, but two that will live in Nashville that are employed by Vanderbilt. I would imagine maybe the Calipari's already have a house down there. I think they do. But if, you, if you're Miss Calipari, are you spending more time in Nashville? Are you spending more time in Lexington? Does this make a Calipari move out of the state more likely, less likely? Come on, Roush. we got to have some big grand takes from this. Oh, so Cal's retiring to Nashville? Is that what you're? I, I do like that, there's, that there's an interesting dynamic to all this that like we know the Calipari's they're a pretty close knit family understandably so but with them having two in Nashville makes yeah. you wonder where Ellen's going to be spending a lot of her time and if she's not spending a lot of her time in Lexington it may, may make you wonder how long Cal will plan on staying in Lexington himself all I'm saying is, when is Vanderbilt going to hire John Calipari to be their next basketball head coach? I'm I'm also just trying to think of that from a practical standpoint, and Cal being in that stomping around from that end zone. Oh yeah, and- <laughs> that, that would be changed day one. His recruiting pitch would just. It, it, not only am I changing life with NBA contracts, now I can add a life-changing education with Vanderbilt. <laughs> His callisms could change. Yeah, yeah. We're well, anchoring down with a good education and NBA money. I think we're onto something there. Uh, anchor down. What a lame. <laughs> Although... You got to give Vandy a shout out. Uh, if you go to the game this fall, I think their new end zone will be done by then. So, like, they're getting a stadium that feels more like a stadium. Um, they they sold uh, naming rights to somebody to like a bank, so they're pumping a little money into that program. And um, I'm one of those that kind of believes that like I, I'm I'm a little more bullish on Vandy. I'm very bearish on Mizzou, but um, UT's a big. Uh, Brawl with Eli Drinkwitz, I was shocked at how normal he was. Like, he read the room. Like, normally that guy just tries too hard and it's so awkward and just weird. But he, I felt like he read the room. He, even though he got a contract extension, 
halfway through last season, he knows that the pressure's on to produce. And, uh, you know, like he got the question because they had Georgia on the ropes last year, didn't pull it off. And he said, you know, close doesn't count. Um, we know that. And I, I'm, I'm proud of our team for, you know, taking those close losses, especially a close loss to Kentucky on a tough call and being resilient enough to bounce back and, and win a bowl game, which I was like, oh, so Eli not just being a total DB, like, okay, I, respect, respect, Eli. Whoa, are you turning a corner here? No, no, this was like a one-day thing because that's what he does. He has his moments where he's like, okay, all right, Eli, I, I can I can pick up what you're putting down, and then he just goes back to being same old Dorkowitz, and it's like, oh, come on. Because I saw you compliment his shoes. Yeah, they were very shiny. Um, um, when he was hanging out with Andy Staples, he had to talk about them, but he did not. Um, the, the closest thing he did to being uh, just like schmoozing schmuck in the big media room was openly admitting, well, I've talking pretty long. I, I thought I'd talk until there wasn't any time for questions, but I... I guess I gave you all enough time for a few. He, he admitted to filibustering, which I, you know, Ooh. I can appreciate that. What? You're, like a, least, you're a big J journalist. You should be the last one to appreciate that. Well, he at least admitted it that he was filibustering because I do hate it. And man, TJ, it was a it was a bad day for our our, our media contingency. I mean, it was rough, um, and it started with our pal Pat Forty. No has, surprise. No surprise there. He asked Greg Sankey if the SEC had reached a conclusion on its new field storming policy. And, yeah, they did. They announced it six weeks ago. Yeah, Pat. You, yeah, get with it. That was bad. Somebody asked Jimbo Fisher about Cam Coleman, a five-star recruit who committed like two weeks ago. Like, you can't ask coaches about recruits that aren't signed. It's like the whole you could feel the whole room just be like, uh, what are you doing? It was – Somebody, was, tell was, Pat, somebody tell Pat that the Queen of England also passed away not too long ago. May have been out of the news for that one, too. It, it, was, it was not the media's best day at SEC Media Days. So I, I, I think the construction just threw them for a loop. You know, they, they, just, they weren't ready. They, they, they didn't come prepared. They got to go back to the lab, pick themselves up by their bootstraps, and get back at it today. One kid couldn't even wave down the microphone person to get what? a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. It was what kind bad. of Mickey Mouse operation are they running there? It was it was bad. Now, granted, there was somebody took his question one and later on in the day, so he was just like, "Ah, it already got said. I'm good." But Brian Kelly, you know, I wanted to know about his fire hair, Emily, and Luckett didn't have the chance to ask. Mm. Well, can you promise it's going to be a nice bounce back day for the Big Jays? Not with Clark Lee up front, but it should be because Kirby Smart's going, and it is contentious between Kirby and the media right now. So that could. That could be uh, interesting, to say the least. Just with all the trouble that Georgia's had? Yeah, and they're like openly fighting the AJC over their, um, their sexual assault report. And Kirby even leaked to one of the media members that the investigator, the investigative reporter who broke the story got fired at a job 20 years ago for bad journalism practices. So, yeah, it's... It's pretty contentious between uh, Kirby and specifically the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, but um, he's he's never been one with uh, open arms for the media in general. Mm, okay. All right.
Well, something to keep an eye on at today's SEC Media Day. We need to keep an eye on the Thornton's text line. A lot of texts. We didn't get to all of them yesterday, which is not a terrible thing because it does bring Roush back into the equation to, to potentially read some of them. Uh, did we not put an X where we stopped, Scoots? Yeah, we did. There's an X up there. You want me to read? Oh, my heavens. Yeah, we're, oh, we're way up there. <laughs> yeah, all right. We read that one, so I see where we're at. Yeah, read the next one, Scoots. Uh, watching Wagner, it's just wild to think the staff settled with Wheeler being the starting point guard for two seasons. Seriously. Who? You know, there was people when they when they got Wheeler on board, there were people that didn't love the fit right off the get-go. I was fine with it I, because when you bring it in Wheeler, look who you had with them. You were going to have Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz and Ty Ty Washington and was Dante Allen still kind of on the roster around that point? I think he probably yep, was. Yep. You thought that he was just going to be absolutely surrounded with shooters, so you're going to bring in – the best passer, or at least from an assistant standpoint in the SEC, surround them with shooters. I don't. I think that that could work. And let's not forget, they did. They they were a two seed. It did work. It, it did work until it didn't work. Everybody's bodies broke down, unfortunately. Uh, but it is it is night and day. It is. But that that that's some of the issues Cal had. He he was missing on some of his top targets, you know, those top 5 players, top 10 players from time to time, but especially the top 5. So he thought, "All right, I'm going to be able to get the best of the best in the transfer portal." And Wheeler was ranked as one of the best transfers in the transfer portal. And they went and they got him, but it, it obviously in the long run, Roush did not did not yeah. work out. Yeah, and I'm definitely um the leader of the severe wheeler not fame club, but it at least had some potential that first year, like you said, and it worked fine at times, but yeah, he's just. And then you heard the stories of how it ended that the, the first year when they lost to St. Peter's and uh, all right, well, they're, they're bringing them back. Hopefully everything's been squared away. Everybody's in good spirits, going to be good teammates, not have any off the court issues. No, no, no. First sign of adversity in the season. He, he, he quit. Uh, seemingly he just quit. Didn't show up to his own senior day. Super, super weird. Would it be smart to place a future bet on the cats at plus 1635? Feel like the value only go down from here on forward. I'm re I'm guessing that's regarding basketball. It obviously is. Uh, sure. Why not? You're probably yeah. right that the value is probably only going to go down. And the only time you may get better value than that is if UK goes on like a losing streak. Right, right. In which case, you may get better value, but will you be so eager to buy into that better value? So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I... Um, responsibly, though. I, I, like, I think that's a little bit more fun. Mid, I feel like you can get the best odds if you bank on Kentucky going on a three or four game losing streak, but that's also banking on something that you don't know is going to happen. So, you know, not the worst idea. Not the worst. Yeah, idea. And even then, even if, you know, when that losing streak happens, if it happens in November or December, yeah, you probably will get better odds, but there's no guarantee you'd even get better odds in January or February. And Roush is right. No guarantee. This team goes on a three game losing streak. Uh, we're not even so sure this team's going to lose three games. Everybody. Yeah, maybe not. They, they might not lose a game. 
Scoots is already ready to say final or 40 and 0 after conceding his bet to John. Mm, I didn't say that. I said over 32 wouldn't be a problem. Was it nice to hear Trevor back on the Rutherford show yesterday, Scoots? Uh, I didn't get to listen to listen to much of it, but yeah, it was it was great. Uh, as oh. long as it's not me, you know. The gif that Mike Rutherford tweeted out before the show had Luckin uh, just cackling in the media room yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Trevor had something silly that he said, and now I can't remember it. I was only able to listen to a little bit. Just to confirm, the big guy's still alive. He's doing all right. Uh, he was. They were talking about the Vegas sphere. I guess Trevor, during his week off, went to Vegas, uh, but did not go to the sphere. Oh, he missed the sphere? Yeah. Is there anything in the sphere? Or is it just like you look at what's happening on the outside of the sphere, inside the sphere? It's uh, it's going to be like a music venue. Okay. They'll do sporting events there, like... too. What's that? They'll do sporting events there, too. Yeah, but I think there's only going to only be so many sporting events they're going to be able to do there. Uh, they'll, I'm, I'm, I imagine they'll do quite a few UFC events there. Soccer yeah. matches, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be doing soccer matches. I bet they do. It's only like yeah. 16,000, I think. I, I bet that, they do that, soccer that matches. me as more of a basketball arena. Yeah, maybe you could do some basketball. I think its primary primary focus is going to be music, but they can do events. You have, I bet they will probably do a bunch of fights there as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. 18,000, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an intimate soccer crowd. Yeah, that would... Doing a little You're research. A little tight, but either way, though, the sphere looks cool. It's uh, it's been sphering, and that's always nice. Scoots, you you're up to date a little bit with the the we've we've got some drama in the text line. Oh yeah, yeah. You talked about it a little bit on Friday, but the Rutherford show, their radio show, they they have stuff to give away. It's very exciting. Mm. It's what we've been striving towards for years. Not there quite yet, but we're getting there. Uh, but they give away like Louisville City tickets or racing Louisville tickets. They they give away a lot of really fun stuff. Uh, and the Rutherford show goes three to six. Well, there's one texter who won some contests, and I kind of recognize the number, not from like a personal standpoint, but just as a, somebody that texts in a bunch. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is a KRC listener. And I'm scrolling up, and it, and it's not a KRC listener. But I'm scrolling up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. This person has won a great deal of Rutherford's contests. Yeah, Mike said and he's I'm won, scrolling. like, four times. It, I, I, yeah, I, I was going to say four or five times since, like, December that this person has won these contests. And usually the Rutherford contest will just be, how many wins did Racing Louisville win last year? And just, like, right then and there, he'll get, like, six texts into the show, different numbers, different guesses but this person has had the right guess the first time like four or five times and rutherford's probably only done like maybe 10 contests in that so he's almost batting at a 50 percent clip i was like wow this is amazing good for this guy he's cleaning up i keep scrolling up roush unfortunately though this guy turned out to be a big hater and loser of which there's him oh no not a hater and loser he talked a lot of trash about us in the station when we had the audacity to help fill in for the Rutherford show, he would send in some really nasty texts about it. So I just, on Friday, sent a screenshot back to some of his nasty texts. 
just to you know, just to see like, you know, I wonder if he still feel. I just wonder what he thought about it. So send him the screenshot back. Uh, he he was not happy about it. He's not happy about it. He made it very clear that he only listens to the station for Rutherford. Definitely not for us. Wow. He he, he was under the impression that we only have four listeners. And then I, uh, I'm under the impression that Scoots did not actually send him his winnings, uh, or Rutherford didn't send him his winnings. Uh, that that just made the situation a little bit worse. Wait, what? That that made everything a little bit worse. I guess who uh, he never got the tickets for this weekend. The guy never, the guy never got the tickets. He was very <laughs> mad about it. That's on Rutherford. That's hilarious. <laughs> At one point, he did say that he loved Scoots. He is no longer saying that anymore. Uh, very mean stuff to our favorite producer. That was that was not on me. That's on Rutherford. Well, not according to this guy. And if he's this already guy that wins free stuff from the station five times in the last five or ten months or however long it's been since December, seven months. Uh, he he, you're he does not like Roush or me. He's made that very clear for months. But unfortunately, Scoots, you've joined the list. That's unbelievable. I mean, I've been nothing but nice to that guy. He, it's not my, it is not my fault. And plus, he's already won several times, so I don't feel bad. If if he had only, if this was like the first win for him, and we didn't send him the tickets, okay, that's one thing. But it, it, come on, you've seen so many Louisville City games this year. Chill out, bro. Yeah, uh, and just like go, maybe don't be so mean to the station that gives you all this free stuff, buddy. Exactly, we'll cut you off. Uh, I'm- Block I'm that happy. number. I'm glad, he does. I'm glad he didn't get his winnings, Roush. <laughs> Take that, suck it in your sucker. Suck it. I'd like to think he was going to the stadium on Saturday night, watch the international friendly between Louisville City's been losing a lot lately. Luckily, these international friendly games don't mean anything. Guys going through looking for his tickets. Oh, old Scoots didn't send them. Did they end up losing that game Saturday? Yes, they lost two to one. Jeez. It was a meaningless game, though. It was a friendly. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, they have been losing a lot. Not good. What are you gonna? What are we gonna do about it, Scoots? Uh, not sure. Find the magic from the last five years, I guess. Somehow, some way. Do you, do you believe in magic? I believe in magic. In a young girl's heart. By the way, TJ. Speaking of music, good call earlier. Um, I had genie in a bottle queued up for that last outro, and you used the phrase "letting the genie out of the bottle" right before we went to break. That's why they pay me the small to below average size bucks. <laughs> uh, the, let's, um, what do we got? Or what do we got, Roush? I wanted to mention something from SEC Media Days. Um, the Texas A and M contingency. Well, first off, Jimbo just dodged all manner of Petrino questions, which that was fun. Um, but when the players showed up, you know, it's 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 a style thing, right? Everybody's trying to show out. All three players rocked sunglasses inside, which bold strategy, but they look sharp because they were wearing Shady Rays. Um, Shady Rays, best looking sunglasses in the business. Here's the thing, too. If any of those sunglasses got left behind at the Green Hyatt Hotel, they can just get a replacement pair. It's only a small processing fee. That's the beauty of Shady Rays. Um, And they better have used promo code BIGX because you get 25% off those amazing polarized lenses in a variety of styles at ShadyRays.com, promo code BIGX. Were they really wearing Shady Rays? I uh, didn't get close enough to see. Well, I imagine, uh, though. Yeah, yeah, I bet they were. They're yeah. so great. 
Yeah, I did see that from from AM. And UK goes on Wednesday, so tomorrow. And who are they bringing down? Ox, JJ Weaver, and Eli Cox. Good group. Yeah, yeah. Solid good, group. Good um, group. Are they going to be wearing? I bet next year when they're in Dallas, they wear cowboy hats. Oh, um, that, that's it's going to be cowboy hat city, which you would think you might get some of that in Nashville, but I guess people come here enough to where it's not a thing. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm hoping that the UK guys, like you know, Ox's. I don't think Radcliffe is considered country, but Eli Cox, Jesen County, he, he, I bet he has a pair of cowboy boots he could slip on. Yeah, Radcliffe's pretty country. Yeah. We'll yeah. allow it. We'll allow yeah. it for our yeah. folks in, in Radcliffe. A texter on the Thornton sex line says, wow, so Tennessee gets five years probation and loses 11 wins from crappy seasons. The NCAA is becoming more obsolete by the season. 18 level one fine, 18 level one fines, and I'm supposed to care about an eight million dollar fine one donor can sneeze at. Did uh, did you see the latest? I mean, that's one thing about this. It feels like you, we just keep peeling back layers, and it gets more and more eye opening at each stop. The latest is that the Tennessee got the state's attorney general to threaten to sue the NCAA if they gave him a bowl ban. He wrote a formal letter saying that we will – I mean, he's the state's most powerful law enforcement official, and he was ready to take the NCAA to court over a bowl ban. So the NCAA was just like, eh, we're good. You don't get a bowl ban. Yeah, it's pretty it, – it's disappointing from the NCAA. Not really surprising. Uh, it'd make me want – like, if you're going to threaten me, it'd make me want to, to – more likely to give you a bowl ban. Obviously, it doesn't work, Rash, this simply, and I get it. That's because there are better lawyers than other lawyers out there in this world. But I still just don't understand how the NCAA can't be like, you're proven to have broken these rules. You self-imposed bans because you knew you broke rules. You didn't pay your coach's full buyout because you knew that he was breaking rules. Under the umbrella of our governance, of our structure as an institution, we can punish you, and we're punishing you with a postseason ban. Suck at Tennessee. Uh, I wish that they had gotten a postseason ban. Uh, really, really wish that was. The but case. I don't get how that isn't like a winning argument. I don't get how that well, you couldn't just be like, okay, a judge be like, the NCAA's right. Because they did admit to breaking rules. They've got you on record breaking rules. You are members of their club. They can punish you as you as they see fit. You're you just got to take this postseason ban, unfortunately. But that's not how course. That's not how that's not how the legal system works. It gets hung up for a long time. It's expensive. Um, may, and I maybe you're right. Maybe the NCAA just said, "All right, well they're threatening us. Let's just hit them hard in some other areas. Let the baby have their bottle and play in the Liberty Bowl next year or whatever stupid bowl game they're going to go to." The um, the funny thing about it too, TJ, is like. I don't know what standing they would have to sue, like what their legal arguments would be. Yeah, that's the whole point. Because they would just be making radio arguments that aren't based in law, but just like, it's not fair because they weren't there. They fired everybody. Like, you know, we've heard it, I mean, a thousand times. Um, Boy, have we. But especially down on Floyd Street. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? The the NCAA, they they weren't willing to call their bluff and pay the legal fees. So real shame, real shame.
All right, more text when we return. We'll wrap up the Thornton's text line and wrap up a Tuesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen will be back after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us, and your arm felt like wrapped around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I. All right, a Luke Combs classic. I love it. I had a back to this for one final segment on Kentucky Roll Call on Big Radio. Scoots, if I'm looking for just like. The absolute best break job in town. Like, we're looking for a real nice break, Jay. Where would you go? Oh, it's got to be Consolidated Tire and Auto, right? I've heard. They've got a new location off Preston Highway, in case you haven't heard. And that, if you're looking for just a really, really good break job. Yeah, that's the spot. Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh, Consolidated Auto. Tire and Auto. Tire and auto. Don't forget the tire and yeah. auto. Because they can do tires, uh, well, too. They can. They can. Uh, we can do sports radio sometimes from time to time, <laughs> every now and then. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Roush, how do you want to start this final segment? Um, I thought you had something to say. I could, I could hear it in your voice. Yeah, uh, the I can I think the most newsworthy thing from yesterday, from a media day perspective, was just Jimbo refusing to say if Bobby Petrino is going to call the plays or not. And we're, we're going to call some of the plays, and it, we're, it's a collaborative effort, right? And we're all going to coach. Bobby's a great man. He's a great coach, and he's been nothing but good ever since he got here. And we're going to do just fine. But I don't need to get into all that. Um, and yeah, that was Jimbo Fisher we got on the show. Big gift for KRC. Um, yeah, to know you're just going to play the audio. Wow. Yeah. That, was, that was pretty heated. Very, very much so. Um, but my prediction is just that it's going to go well at first. And then when it starts to go south, Jimbo's going to start intercepting the play calls, changing them. It's not going to make Bobby happy. They're going to have a kerfuffle, and then they're just going to quit speaking because that's what that's Petrino's move. Uh, when he gets angry, he just stops talking to the people he works with. It's very normal, normal behavior of an adult man, um, and that's that's what he does. So, yeah, he left in the middle of the night down in Atlanta. Uh, people forget about that. He, it's going to be interesting. They do have an insane amount of coaching talent on their roster. The the um, most random one that I didn't I didn't know what happened was getting Steve Adazio to coach their offensive line. Which, That's crazy. That's a former head coach. Yeah, he. Um, my favorite Steve Adazio moment is the the dude video where he's in the he's in the stadium at Boston College. That's a dude. It's it's a classic college football video. But the, I can, you know that that is and it does happen. And I'm not I'm not making any sort of claims one way or another. But just imagine that. Like imagine that workplace environment where you go from 
doing everything, running the entire ship, making sure that you're on top of recruiting, you're making the recruiting pecking order, the priority list, and then that doesn't work out for you, you end up taking another job where you're only in charge of the offensive line. That's all you got to worry about, the offensive line. And then you've got another former D1 coach as your boss, as offensive coordinator. Above him, you have another D1 head coach that's the head coach. That just, that would be so weird. Uh, bringing it back full circle, Roush, uh, John Quincy Adams would be the equivalent of like being president, serving out your term and just being like, okay, I'm going to now go be a senator or I'm going to go be a congressman or woman. You know, I'm, I still want to serve, but I'll take like, I'll, I'll go down the pecking order a significant amount just to be able to be in the conversation. It's a little bit what he's doing by being an offensive line coach. The, um, the, the, the part of it that's really bizarre, though, is that like all of these guys on his staff all had some checkered pasts. I mean, Adazio got accused of player abuse at Colorado State. DJ Durkin at Maryland. I mean, oh, yeah. he had the player dial on him. I mean, and then Petrino, we all know how happy some of those butt slappers at Louisville were to share about how bad he was during Bobby 2.0 the later years. So, um, you know, Jimbo, he, he, he said, you know, like, have you ever been in a coach's meeting? I mean, which one ain't hollering at each other? You know, like, uh, that's typical of a lot of coaching staffs, but it's, it's even more escalated because they just had so many public things yeah, go wrong. This A&M staff, they don't even know it, but they're all doused with gasoline right now. And it's like, as long as you all can win, everybody's probably going to be all right. But you just get the smallest little spark in this lot, in this coach's room, and it's probably going to be chaos. Yeah, I did see the quote where he was like, well, I'm the boss, but yeah, yeah that's it's going to be great. collaborative. It's always a good thing when you got to remind everybody who the boss is. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, what could go wrong? Yeah. What could go wrong? Nothing ever goes wrong on the Thornton's text line, so we're going to head back there, 502-414-1450. I love this one from Jeff Walsh. They, the UVO women, they won gold at the Global Jam. They didn't go undefeated like Kentucky did, but they did win gold. They go 3-1. and one. They get redemption over Canada. But the game they lost was a close game. The game they won was a close game. Either one could have gone either way. But Jeff Walsh with uh, a, funny, a funny little quote after his gold medal win. After uh, he says, "Well, I guess that means they can't say we can't win the big one. We won a championship." <laughs> big it big KOC listener. It, it shows the power of Kentucky roll call. That's yeah. a classic gag that started right here on Kentucky roll call uh, for both Jeff Walls and Dan McDonald. And of course, it's a play on all the U of L fans for years and years and years that said that Calipari couldn't win the big one, and then sure enough, he did. Although now it's been too long. Can he win the big one again? I think is actually probably a, a fair question. Very fair. Uh, but it, it's nice that Jeff Walls having some fun with that. So good good on Kentucky Roll Call. Good on Jeff Walls. And I guess a congrats to their women's team on winning gold. They're going to beat UK women's team by 50. Uh, and I don't even think this U of L team is supposed to be all that good. Yeah. Yeah. A texture on the Thornton Sex Line says, Look, I hate Tennessee, but Louisville hiring – Hookers for recruits and their pop-pops is a lot worse than passing out a few hundred in fast food bags, so the number of violations may be more, but still. I don't need a finger pointing about necessarily what's worse or 
right, whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I do want if you cheat, I think you need to be punished. Yep. And if you or if you cheat and you're caught, I should say, you need to be punished. Uh, and Tennessee was cheating and they were very lax about it. Cheats and they were punished. It's just whether or not they should have been punished more or not. Yeah, we got we gotta teach the kids a lesson that cheaters never prosper and they can't get away with it. So send a message and disband the Tennessee football program forever. That would be the appropriate thing to do. John here. Good morning to all. Wow, it was awesome to see our cats take care of business, and we were shorthanded. Now that this Kentucky basketball that we know and love, so Justin, the original bet I had, the cats getting over 31 wins this season, including the tournament. However, we made a side wager on the Global Jam, and I had the cats going undefeated, and they did, so now I get to take one game off the win total. So now the over-under is set of 30. Of course, I still have the over. So tell me, Justin, what do you think about the bet now? We've got to go talk to you later. Well, Justin said yesterday, John, that he is that he doesn't feel good about it. I don't. No, John in Kentucky could have lost one in the global jam and went up to thirty two, and I still don't think I'd win. So congrats on your twenty dollars. I'll be sending it over when the season concludes. Once UK gets their thirtieth win. I guess, yeah, I can send it when they get get the mark. I don't have to be a jerk and wait till the end of the season. Could always be vacated. True. Also, I'm worried that we may have jinxed the my my dad's Reds bet. We basically waved the <laughs> yeah. W flag saying it was a win, and the Reds haven't won yeah. since. Yeah. Hey, they we, didn't lose really, last we, night. They didn't win, though. <laughs> they didn't lose. <laughs> the game was postponed due to weather. They're going to pick it up today, 2-2 against the Giants. Need to turn it around, Red Legs. Need to turn it around. Uh, Texter on the Thorns text line says, I was wrong with my Dillingham take. Really thought he was coming here. Be our starting point guard. Didn't realize how little he looks on the floor. And DJ looks better running the offense. I think Rob played good, but he is looking like a two-year player. Love what I saw from the team in Canada. Can't wait for fall to get here with football and basketball at the same time. And I'm I'm just never, uh, you know, with the transfer portal, looking ahead to year two is just silly um, in my mind. But it's clear he's a little behind. I think the part that was more shocking, TJ, is that it's not necessarily because Dillingham looked bad. He had his moments, but Reed Shepard just looks like point guard two right now. He just looks further along in his development. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think I would go Dillingham too. I think Reed Shepard just surprised people because they weren't really sure what to expect out of him. They knew that he was a dominant Kentucky player. What would that translate on a team full of other good players? He showed you in some of those all-star games that he could compete. And people that watched him in the AAU, they knew that this dude, is he was going to be ready to come in and compete. But I think he surprised a lot of people. Um, but he did play really well. You know, he impacted the game in, in a lot of ways. He made more mistakes than Dillingham did. Um, but Dillingham, I, I think, isn't – I don't think he's behind or anything like that. I, I just think Wagner, as the texture says, I think is just better, as most people, I think, predicted would be the case. Um, and then Shepard, he can do a few different things, and Dillingham can do a few different things. Uh, the nice thing about Shepard is he doesn't have to be on the ball. I don't think Dilly. I mean, you saw Dillingham enough where he didn't have to be on the ball. I still think he's best with the ball in his hands and being able to create and do some different things in that regard. But you got a lot of options, and uh, it's it's going to be fun. And secondly, all three of the guys that we just mentioned were playing high school basketball like three months ago. They should look like different players in three months when the season starts uh, and they all can 
provide a, a little something different, which is exciting. Uh, another texture on the Thornton text line. John here again from Monday. Hey, Justin, Thierry reminds me a little bit of Oladipo. Just the way he is playing and developing. Thierry stays around for his junior year. Then he could start to shine because he will be a starter. That is a similar story for Oladipo, and we know how well that turned out. So what do you think? Got to go. Talk to you later. Yeah, not a bad comparison there, John. But if if you want that Oladipo role, this is the year, year two. He's got to show you five, six, seven moments where your jaw just hits the floor. That's Because that's what Oladipo did his sophomore year. And then junior year, it's almost like we had grown accustomed to what he can do in his sophomore year. So, yeah, you, you got to see a little bit of a jump this year in terms of exciting plays and just what he brings to the table. I think it's a, I think that's a good comparison. I do too, yeah. You know, I think Oladipo more polished. At the arrow is going to have to show a little bit more to be in that conversation, but I, I don't I, I think that that's not that's not terrible. Um, yesterday Roush Scooch said his hot take was that Adutiero was going to average 10 rebounds per game this season. <laughs> oh. Yep, that 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 is the take. He only averaged um, five and a half in Canada, but but Scooch saw enough to think that that number is going to swell <laughs> nearly double. It was a hot take. I told you. It was. It was. It was. Uh, all right. A texter on the Thornton Sexlon says, everyone's favorite player is Reed Shepard. A lot, a lot will be. And, you know, I, Roush, I went on this rant about how, like, pick a favorite player on this team and embrace it, circle it in, have fun with it. I think Dillingham's going to be mine, but this texter is right. You're going to get a ton that are Reed Shepard, and understandably so. He's a Kentucky kid. Yeah, and he, like, good passes, I feel like, are valued very high right now. There's also a part, too, where you, you like having an investment and thinking, like, oh, well, he's going to be awesome in, in another year, too, so he can be my favorite player for a while. Or there's also some who his Ooh, dad was point. their favorite player. Um, that's a good point. But um, for me, a lot of, like, Trey Mitchell, that guy, whew, that guy's fun. Yeah, I, I I went kind of through the list of just how there's a lot to like about all of them. But everybody, you'll, you'll have more fun this season. Just pick a player, be emotionally uh, overly involved with that player, at least from a, a arm's length distance at home with the with your watching. You don't have to take it to any sort of next level, literally. But just pick a favorite player. A texture says, good morning, TJ and Scoots. I'm of the same feeling about Uganda as Scoots. I believe we were both judging him by last year. I understand he had a little time to develop. He seemed too timid to me. Aggressiveness is hard to teach. Let's hope we are both wrong. Enjoy your day, guys. Thanks, Texter. That was a nice text. I um, enjoyed listening to the show on the road. Uh, shout out to the 1450. That's what's great about the two signals. The FM does a little bit better kind of north and east, but the AM does better going south. So, like, I could pick up 1450 all the way past Shepherdsville. Um and, and Scoots, your take yesterday about Uganda, while I agree, I do think that just if he can, uh, you all set the bar at what, two and a half blocks and five and a half boards a game, yeah. then yeah, that's worth playing 15 to 20 minutes. If he if he can do that in 18 minutes a game, yes, sign me up. That's valuable. Another texter on the Thornton sex line says, is Gil in his 60s, is Gil a Kentucky fan? Gil is a Kentucky fan, but he is in his 30s. Although a lot of times he acts like he's in his 60s. Kind of a grumpy old well, man vibe from time to time. Oh, and he's friends with you? What a shock. <laughs> Who's been cutting the grass lately? 
Uh, he cut it last time, so that was nice. And then last night we did a little tandem outside work. We we've got these vines all over our property, and they were getting a little too close to the house on the front porch side. So we were out there trimming the ivy together, and then the side of the driveway as well. And I even picked some weeds out of the flower beds. So it was it was a big night out in the yard for for Scoots and Gill. Do you ever get on Gill's shoulders to get some of the vines in hard to reach places? <laughs> no, we have a ladder. But thanks. Oh. <laughs> I'd just like to think that you all were like <laughs> Russian acrobats doing chores around the house, we chopping are, wood. Well, I don't know what the furthest thing from a Russian acrobat is, but we are there. <laughs> You're the maybe Russian dolls. <laughs> <laughs> a texture says, Matt Sack moved to those woods by the track behind St. Matthew's Salsaritas. Nice spot. I thought he moved to Middletown. I think Matt Sack moved to Middletown. Uh, yeah, I, I've not kept up with his moving arrangements. Uh, which, by the way, just dealing with Middletown and the Gene and Shelbyville Road right there, not where I would want to live, but, you know, teach their own. A yeah. lot of good restaurants out there, especially Salsaritas. Yeah, that one crossroad, it was where we, the, the restaurant where we, Scoots and I met up with you uh, after Lucy was born. That was that's a nightmare road right there. I, and I, is it crossing English Station? Uh huh. English that, Station. Yeah. The poo. Yeah. Another not, another, not another texture on the Thornton text line says, "Was that TJ's Gill impersonation about the schedule?" I don't think I've done a Gill impersonation. Well, I've met him. Th- we we kind of used the same voice yesterday. I think that's where that text came from. I, I was impersonating Gil using that voice, and then you came back and used the same voice. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. A texter says, he better have gotten car consent. It was an inside joke from yesterday. We'll just move past it. <laughs> I don't know how you could watch those four games, and I think this is a top-ten team heading into the season. I know a lot of fans don't want the pressure or whatever, but if you know basketball, you know what you saw this week. I oh, we, we know ball. We know ball. So, of course, top 10 team, undefeated. I just I really don't think that, that you could probably find a group of 10 teams better than UK. Again, probably a, a larger group that could on any given night beat UK. But I, I'm going to take this group against most, if not maybe all. A texture says, is Kyle Tucker slowly transitioning to the Danny Hurley beat or what? Um, I did not see the Danny Hurley. I did see him briefly. He was at, he's at Media Days. It's in his hometown, after all. Um, but, um, didn't get a chance to talk to him. I was, I was on the phone, but, uh, we got another Danny Hurley story. I saw he had a story about coaches being burnt out from the seemingly in, endless calendar. Yeah. The, texter, I, my guess is when he was at peach jam or some of those things, Danny Hurley gave him the time of day, which is great. Uh, good. You know, I don't, I don't blame Kyle for. Yeah. He, he probably him. gave him. 20 minutes of quotes or something. He's just using it for a bunch of different stories. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's probably the answer to your question. I wanted to see us play Germany again in the gold medal game. Their style is similar to what you might see in a 2 versus 7 or a 10 game. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think it was a style that you're probably going to – Canada probably more of just like you're trying to think of like a generic bad team um, in college basketball, like a South Carolina State type 
something in that. But I mean, they're probably a little bit better than like a South Carolina State type. Uh, I have a, like probably like an Akron somewhere in that ballpark. Like you should beat them. You shouldn't have a ton of trouble with them. If you go out there and you play absolutely horrible, then maybe it'll be a different story. Uh, but they were probably in that mold where that Germany team, and I know Canada did beat Germany, uh, but Germany was up big in that game. I, I agree with the texture. That just the style of play, that could be a tournament team where they're funky. All of them could shoot threes. They play a really outside in game. I think it, that that could have been more fun to watch, but I also was cool with watching UK dominate Canada for a second time and bring home the gold. So I was fine with it all the same, but I agree with you, Texter. Uh, another Texter on the Thornton's text line says, Chris Douglas Roberts is my Edwards Cup. That's a good one. I watched a little bit of the highlights of the Canada game. Justin Edwards is, I, I think he, he really will be in the conversation for number one overall pick. Maybe he doesn't yeah, end up going number yeah. one, but I'd be surprised if he's not in the top five. Yeah, just that side. He's a grown man. Yeah, I mean, he... He may have a Brandon so Miller-like fun. Yeah, It's so much fun to have a guy like him where it's like, oh, he's big, he can shoot, and he can dunk on you and play physical. Like, he, he can do everything except really play defense. I mean, that's going to be his one... Defense got to get better. Yeah, he's got to just... And I think a lot of it is adjusting to the skill of your opponents in like their first step because he just gets beat off that first step so fast. So I think some of it he can get better in time getting used to playing against better competition. I agree. But I agree with that. But it's a lot of want to. I mean, that's defense. Got back from to. Toronto late last night. Most fun I've had watching the UK team since the Monk Fox team. Let me know if you want me to call in this week to discuss takeaways. Maybe phone line Friday, you call in. But keep the text rolling in for sure. I'm a true. This one wasn't for our show, but I'm a true Indiana fan. I hate to say anything good about UK, but this team scares me. They could go all the way. Reeves can be an awesome. He can be awesome at guard. Yeah, Reeves is pretty awesome. Yeah, some interesting quotes about Reeves and Cal that we didn't have time to get into yesterday, and we may not have time to get into today. But Cal saying Reeves was focused on the wrong things. Um, and then Reeves basically flat out saying, like, yeah, I wasn't sure how I was going to fit in with these guards. So everybody's being weirdly kind of candid about that situation. Uh, as long as Reeves is just in a Kentucky jersey in October, I'll be happy. I would almost guarantee that he is. Uh, but, yeah, everybody's being kind of candid about those things, and I, I find that interesting. I guess that hopefully it means everybody's relationships are – secure and strong enough to be able to speak candidly. Shout out to Call of Duty for making sure he stuck around. That was a fun story. He's like, yeah, yeah I talked to those guys a lot, but then we started playing video games together. It's basically like he, he they became friends bonding over video, like just playing video games and talking and hanging out. He's like, all right, I can, these guys are kids, but we can, I, I can play with these guys. Texter says, Kaysen got screwed over due to our roster construction last year. Put him on a team like this, and I think you'd see him hit another level. His skill set is perfect to complement other elite guards. I would like his defense, for sure. Did uh, Did you know that we've been saying his name the wrong, wrong the whole time? No. <laughs> he uh, had a, a, a – it was in like a media op at Summer League, and he said it's um, – I think it was – Kason, so like the emphasis was on the son, and we were we were missing that part. But he's just fine with Kason. So, oh well, 
Yeah. That's uh, I'll Which, definitely not remember that. Like it, for getting Savier Wheeler wrong as much as we did, and him getting so triggered to Bolivia over it, you would have thought that Kaysan Wall- K- Wallace would have just like been like, "Hey, it's Kaysan. Just once. That's all we needed was one time." Jordan Burks is like, "Let me just get ahead of it. It's actually a Jordan, Jordan Burks." This new shtick is kind of embarrassing for Jeff Goodman. I say new because in the past he at least tried to pretend he's objective. Yeah, he's really just leaned into it, which he's always been this way. So it's better that he just lets his true colors show. He's just a he's a UK and Cal hater, and it strictly yep. comes down to the fact that Cal just wouldn't give him the time of day like other media member or other coaches would. And thus, well, it's not even time of day. It's like he wouldn't take him to Hooters and buy drinks for him. Yeah. That's, what that's you all. Do I mean, that's all that it is. Yeah, that's all that it is. Southend Josh here. I couldn't eat breakfast this morning. I can't make myself eat that early, and if I did, I'd fall asleep in class from the food coma that follows. Yeah, but like a toaster strudel isn't really. It's not setting you over the edge. Even like a little waffle, most of the time isn't. But I do agree with you that like a huge meal is gonna one hundred percent make me sleepy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, unless you just. Have a post-meal coffee, and even then, it's not guaranteed. Scooch, are you a big breakfast guy? Um, not so much anymore. I, I I will go get breakfast like once a week, but no, I mean on the daily. When before I come in here, I don't eat. No. All right, we are thirty-nine days away from the start of the college football season. Nick Roush and his crew of journalists are down in Nashville. They're going to have good stuff today. And they'll be back tomorrow to talk about it. Roush, just take it easy at the on three happy hour. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Don't go getting in any arguments or, you know, yelling at people. I will say that I've made friends with some of the people I work with. I haven't had the chance to talk to the big boss. Shannon Terry, very large human. He's big. Wow. Like yeah. his like his presence is large, or he's physically big. Both. I mean, he's like six four, two forty. I mean, he's like a he. He looks like he could line up a tight end for Bandy right now. Big guy. There you have it. We'll introduce yourself to him, and then you can say I'm the new big guy at on three. Yeah. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Wednesday. Say you do what I don't. Say you true. Say you